0: Hi, this is Chris Newbold, and I'm guest host today for the uh, Alps in Brief podcast. I'm here from uh, beautiful Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I'm here with Pat Getzinger. Uh, Pat is a, uh, a, a business transaction and real and, uh, estate planning attorney uh, from Rapid City and a former past president of the uh, state, uh, uh, state Bar of South Dakota. And uh, and we're here to talk about uh, a, a very innovative project that launched under uh, Pat's direction, um, and it, he's continued to be involved with for a number of years. And it, it deals with uh, delivery of uh, legal services, particularly to rural areas of uh, of South Dakota, and uh, and, and it's it, it's the program's called Project Rural Practice, and so. Pat, thanks for being here with us today and, 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 and give us a, just an overview of, of, uh, of what Project Rural Practice is and, and, and what you were hoping to uh, to achieve uh, when, when, when this idea came to, came, came to light.
1: Well, Project Rural Practice came to mind as I was preparing for my year as state president of the uh, state bar president for the state of South Dakota and uh, really touched on the needs that rural communities have in recruiting lawyers back to Main Street in rural South Dakota. Uh, It's very personal to me because my mentor, Fred Kozad, was a Main Street lawyer in my hometown of Martin, South Dakota, and for the past 20 years, Fred had been the solo practitioner uh, in Martin before he uh, embarked on his retirement and left Martin with no attorney on Main Street in South Dakota. And as we looked across the landscape in South Dakota, several other small communities were uh, suffering that kind of uh, uh, future and, and our Chief Justice David Gilbertson had spoke about it very eloquently and he really planted the seed uh, for what now is known as Project Rural Practice which came about uh, in the fall of 2011 uh, during my term as State Bar President. We formed a task force uh couldn't think of a better person to be my chair of that task force than my predecessor. Or one of my predecessors was State Bar President Bob Morris, and with the help of Bob and our task force, we put together a very active and vibrant program to uh, bring forward Project Rural Practice in South Dakota. And um, as we went around the state, told the story of what Project Rural Practice is in recruiting lawyers to rural communities. Uh, providing them with support once they get there, mentoring them, uh, giving them every opportunity that uh, any other lawyer would have in a large law firm or a medium law firm in a, in a uh, uh, populated area. Uh, it really became apparent that there was interest in this program to the point where uh, the chief justice, the state bar, UJS, and the law school came together to draft legislation Uh, to uh, locate a funding source source through the state government and provide an incentive payment to these young lawyers that wanted to locate their practice in a rural community. And during the 2012 legislative session we were very successful in getting a funding source that was built on uh, match donations, match contributions from The local communities that would benefit from the legal services, the state bar pitching in, the state bar foundation pitching in some money as well. And that's what sold the legislature, that's what sold the governor. Uh, The chief justice's vision in developing that program, which became known as the rural attorney recruitment program, was uh, bringing this program forward into a very meaningful way to attract lawyers to Main Street, South Dakota. So, yeah. let's,
0: so let's kind of reset the stage here. So, so the problem then is that you were working to address is obviously South Dakota is a state that has geographic complexities with population centers. And, 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 and the challenge was that when a, when a retiring lawyer in a small town retires, that potentially creates an access to justice issue Absolutely. in that you know let's just call it hundred mile radius mm-hmm. around that particular area, mm-hmm. and that was the issue that you we were really kind of working to address to make sure that that legal services could be delivered in rural areas of South Dakota.
1: That's exactly right, Chris. And and the idea behind Project Rural Practice was to uh, attract lawyers to those um, vast uh, areas of rural South Dakota that didn't have lawyers to serve the individuals or didn't have lawyers ready to step into very vibrant rural practices for lawyers on the verge of retiring. And our Chief Justice was eloquent in describing that as islands of of justice with a vast sea of justice denied uh, in these rural areas. And uh, the Chief coming from a small town as well, driving through South Dakota main streets to and from Uh, the courts um, uh, Sessions we just saw that Main Street, South Dakota in in rural areas was uh, having a difficult time attracting lawyers and we needed to do something about it and Project rural practice kicked it off the rural attorney recruitment program provided a funding source to it and we were able to get funding for what I call the sweet 16 attorneys that we were capable of uh, uh, getting funding for to attract to these rural communities.
0: Okay, so let's, let's, So mm-hmm. the thing that I, I find so interesting about it, and I think it's a testament to just the, the relationship element of South Dakota generally, is it, the collaboration, right? So you, you have the, the Bar Association that understands that th- there are lawyers that we need to be able to serve on the access to justice front you have the legislature that comes in and becomes a partner in this from a funding perspective. So you got the State Bar Foundation, you got the legislature, and then you have even county governments saying, it's important for us as a foundational core of our community to have lawyer a lawyer or lawyers and legal services available to the residents in our particular community. So, you, I mean, talk about the, the I mean, that, that's unique, right? To be able to kind of get that collaboration going to be able to basically come together to address a problem that, if solved, helps the greater community.
1: And and that collaboration came through in how we built the task force. And it wasn't just a lawyer problem, it was a community problem. Uh, We approached the county commissioners organization and put their executive director on our task force. We approached the school associations uh, and put their director on our task force the same way with the Municipal League. Uh, the same way with the Retailers Association and the local Chamber of Commerces, because everybody recognized what an uh, economic engine having a lawyer on Main Street in a rural town would be. And so they wanted to be part of helping solve that problem. And that coalition of support was important to the legislature because their local legislators were uh, being visited by the community leaders that were part of this coalition, that were part of the uh, group that said we need to support rural lawyers in Main Street, South Dakota. Um, I call it the big three. The big three is the state bar, uh, the UJS, Unified Judicial System, with the Chief Justice and his team, and then the USD School of Law. Uh, The big three kind of oversaw this coalition, drove the work forward, helped develop the criteria for uh, qualifying communities and and qualifying attorneys to participate in this program to receive the incentive payments, and what was really fascinating about this incentive payment deal was we were the first in the nation program that a state uh, government funded support for lawyers. You know, uh, across the landscape, the state government will provide funding for medical professionals, dental, veterinary professionals. A variety of other uh, professions receive some sort of uh, funding from state government for attracting those professions to small-town communities. But lawyers had never received that same kind of support and had never received that across the landscape nationwide until our program came along. And to again speak to the coalition, uh, the program to fund 16 lawyers needed a total sum of uh, $1 million in funding sources to make the annual $15,000 payment for a five-year period to our Sweet 16 attorneys as they were re- recruited. So the math worked out to say, we need a $1 million. How are we going to get a $1 million? Well, the chief, to his credit, found uh, a funding source in state government for a half a million that was based on the other half a million coming from a match contribution uh, from the local community and they had to put in 35%, so they had to raise that 35% uh, to match the incentive payment by the state government, and then the State Bar Foundation uh, kicked in the other 15%. So uh, we were able to tell the story that we are active participants in it, the communities are active participants in it, and the state, it's important enough to you to support rural communities by kicking in the other half a million dollars and then th- those sources come together to provide the annual incentive payments to the Suite 16 that are recruited for this program. Okay. So we, we've got this program. So we've got going. the program,
0: right? So, so you, got yep. the, you got the concepts, you got the coalition, you got the funding, and now it's time to go out. You recruit your Suite 16. How does that go?
1: Well, again, that's a, uh, a team effort uh, that's comprised of the State Bar, Strategic Planning Director. Uh, our first one was Francie Forall, um, and now it's Beth Overmole, in partnership with UJS, uh, and, and the point person for the Chief Justice in the UJS is Susie Starr. And um, those two individuals literally go from county to county with qualifying communities, making the case to county commissioners, city councilmen, education boards, uh, uh, education boards, Uh, to say, we've got this program, we've got lawyers that are interested in coming into the community, do you want to participate? And more often than not, those communities say yes, and then it's a a match program to match up the lawyers available for the communities that that have the need for it. And most of these uh, matches are very easily made because you've got kids coming home. You've got kids that want to be in a certain part of the, and I say kids, young lawyers, uh, wanting to be in certain parts of South Dakota close to where they grew up or close to what they want by way of a lifestyle. And then we rely upon the law school uh, to provide um, background training and and through their uh, placement program for lawyers that are already out or lawyers that are coming through uh, every year. You know, And it's in just a, an amazing scene when the chief justice goes down to the law school and meets with... Uh, uh, any law student that has an interest in rural practice, and they're literally lined up out the door wanting to meet with the Chief Justice who personally makes the case for participating in the Sweet 16 program. Hmm. And over the course of the past uh, five years that we've had this program, we filled the first Sweet 16 uh, round of um, participants. Uh, So they're all filled, and now we got funding again about two years ago in the state legislature to expand the program for another round of Sweet 16 lawyers. Wow. And uh, the, the background for that was, we saw how popular this program was, how fast the Sweet 16 was filling up, and then we also saw still vacuums throughout the state that still didn't have a rural community served, retiring lawyers with successors, And then we also saw some glitches in where we were with regard to communities that qualified or should qualify, but because they were in a populated county, uh, were disqualified from participating in the program. So through this next round of legislative activity, the Chief, again to his credit, with the State Bar, Tom Barnett, drafted legislation. We call it the Wall and Faith Bill where Wall, South Dakota, and Pennington County, because, you know, they're 65 miles from, or 45 miles from from Rapid, need their own lawyer, but because they're in Pennington County, they don't qualify, because Pennington County is not a qualifying county. And the same thing with Faith, South Dakota, in Meade County, but, you know, 70 miles, 90 miles from the county seat, uh, they have a need for rural lawyers, but they don't qualify because they were in Meade County. So we tweaked the definition of a qualifying community to get uh, faith and wall and I think Groton was also affected by it uh, positively. Uh, So we brought those communities in to give them the opportunity to recruit lawyers to their communities and help fill out the next uh, uh, category of Sweet Sixteen attorneys to qualify for this program. And so we're well on our way to filling that up and we've got a couple of different things that we're that have grown up out of this program to to continue the momentum and to help recruit lawyers to fill the next round of Sweet 16. Um, Two of those items, one of them relates to funding. And we knew that the State Bar had a $150,000 commitment for the first round of Sweet 16 lawyers. It would have another $150,000 commitment for the next round, so a total of $300,000 coming from the State Bar Foundation. And being a conservative state bar foundation, we wanted to have that money in the bank. We wanted to make sure that that money was, uh, we had a good start on it. It was in the bank. It was accruing interest. It was growing. And we wouldn't be stressed when the dollars were to be paid out on an incremental basis annually for these participants. So we went, uh, actually, a donor came to us, and God rest his soul, he's, uh, he was the motivation for the Project Rural Practice. He was my mentor. Fred Kozad came forward and said, Pat, we love the program. We love what it's doing. We like the idea that it's going to find my successor in Martin. Let me write a check uh, to the State Bar Foundation to pick up half the cost of these. Uh, the State Bar's commitment, provided that you raise the other half mm-hmm. from the State Bar Membership, mm-hmm. And so we called, called it the COSAD Challenge. And um, uh, because of Fred's generosity, we announced the COSAD Challenge at a, a state bar meeting a couple of years ago. That day, we had one donor come forward and already match $25,000. Mm-hmm. Wrote the check that day, and we were off and running. And we filled that challenge up um, about two months ahead of the end of the term, we had filled it up and then went over the the challenge request, so we banked more money than we had anticipated needing to, to uh, uh, raise for that program, but it energized the BAR and it, there was a huge response among the BAR to respond to the COSAD challenge, and that was a very fun experience for the BAR and the BAR Foundation to participate in. It's a great success story about how to raise money in an environment where it's otherwise tight, uh, but you get the right project, the right package, yep. the right donor, the right message, and it all came together and it worked fabulously. So,
0: so, so talk, talk for just a minute or two about um, what the lawyer expectation is, right? So you, you do have sometimes a mm-hmm. young lawyer, sometimes a little bit, mm-hmm. bit older who are going back to their community. What's their commitment? What's their expectation kind of financially or, or otherwise? Yeah, the, and,
1: uh, the commitment for the... So the, the lawyer that desires to participate in the Sweet 16 program uh, is re, needs to be accepted by the community because the community is going to pitch in for their uh, incentive payment, and it's a $15,000 annual incentive payment for five years. And um, they have to sign a contract. The community signs the contract, the State Bar Foundation... The UJS and the lawyer sign a contract saying, "Here are my expectations to provide practice in this community for the next five years, and I agree to you know maintain malpractice insurance and do all these things that lawyers do in order to uh, open an office and maintain a presence in that community." Um, and you know, just as an example, we, we uh, filled uh, the the Martin, South Dakota position that was vacated by Fred. Um, with a young lawyer who had signed her contract as a first-year law student. Hmm. And uh, she got through law school. We delayed her uh, start date due to the fact that she had a, a child, but she passed the bar. We just had the the uh, community uh, open house to welcome her to Martin to take over as Fred's successor and, and participate in the Sweet 16 program. And I'm happy to say that my hometown of Martin for many years only had one lawyer, and for several years had no lawyer, now has uh, three lawyers that call Martin home full-time. And so we're restocking Rural America and Project Rural Practice is helping do that. There's practice opportunities um, in private practice, in court appointments, in being a state's attorney, deputy state's attorney, city attorney, the attorney for the school board, just any variety of things that come along in a rural community that give the opportunity to the young lawyer to build their practice and make a good living as a lawyer in small-town South Dakota. Um, The other program that we have that brings the lawyers into the into the process and this was just uh, unveiled last summer and it's the first in the nation kind of program of its type and that is, we started a rural community or rural uh, practice internship program for law students that want to participate in a rural practice setting while still in law school to see if it's something they like, hmm. and to build a connection with a lawyer that may be looking for somebody that to build take the,
0: build the pipeline
1: build the pipeline. And uh, we developed that program last year, and and we had talked about it. And again, it's you know a, a brainchild of Bob Morris who's my co-chair now on, on Project Rural Practice, but he said we got to provide this internship opportunity to give kids the chance to come into these communities, see what it's like, and to give the, the lawyer the opportunity to train their successor or recruit their successor. And last summer was the first summer that we, we launched that program, and, and the reason we picked last summer is because we got funding for it. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to offer the law firm, the, the small town lawyer, the opportunity to be reimbursed the cost of providing this opportunity to the law student. And uh, we said, we'll pay up to half of what you pay this law student for their internship over summer, capped at a certain dollar amount. It's around $2,000, I think we capped it at. But we said, you got to pay them a real wage. you got to give them real files to work on. you got to monitor them, and you got to report. To see how this is going. It was welcomed with open arms. We had four or five students participate last year in that program and one of them took over the practice for a lawyer that uh, is retiring. So you know we filled that position mm-hmm. uh, and it worked very nicely there. Uh, we exposed several uh, law students to the opportunity and several of them are going to uh, move into filling the next round of Sweet 16 by finding a community that um, that uh, has room for them and that they want to practice in. Uh, this year we got a little bit of a late start. We didn't have the the, the lawyers waiting in the wings or they weren't prepared uh, but we're in the process of setting the stage for next year to get that pra- uh, program ramped up and again the funding source is sitting there through the generosity of the South Dakota Bar Foundation. You know again, we have the opportunity and we're very fortunate to have uh, uh, bar members earmark funds for Project Rural Practice for the Rural Attorney Recruitment Program and we collect those dollars and use them for support of of the internship program as well as to help pay the stipend that goes back to the lawyer participating in the program. So Another exciting development that uh, is the brainchild of South Dakota and and, uh, directly hits on how we're getting law students to fill these rural community needs.
0: So just uh, two final questions before we wrap up. Where's the program today, right? So the the Sweet 16, those were all filled, right? Get funding for another 16. Are those all filled as well? No, they're not all filled.
1: We've got maybe four commitments. Uh, We've got several contracts pending. Um, So we're working on the next round of 16. Uh, I think we'll get the report this week. I think we've got 18 total uh, with maybe four contracts pending in, in small-town communities okay. and several others that are on the cusp of tipping over and saying, yep, we're ready to sign a contract. So it's just a, a function of timing and and candidates to fill those positions. Um, the other, you know, uh, we, we have this cycle, this rhythm of Project Rural Practice and the Rural Attorney Recruitment Program and one of the highlights of it is the, 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 full, uh, the spring um, meeting of Project Rural Practice in pier South Dakota, hosted by Chief Justice Gilbertson. And, you know, when, when the Chief Justice invites you to lunch, you better show up. And these Project Rural Practice uh, candidates and participants do. And it's an opportunity to spend the day with the Chief, have an educational component, celebrate the success of the program, talk about the future, what can we do to help, but, you know, it's it's a reunion of sorts that we have with the chief hosting it every April in Pierre and seeing all these, you know, alumni come together and talk about their experiences and how can we make the program better, how can we support you better, you know, what do we do in the future and all the things that go along with coming up with new ideas to keep this thing rolling, and it's just a fun deal.
0: Pat, when it's all said and done, what, what in your mind is is the ultimate impact? What's 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 been the the uh, the result and, and the impact on that? Uh... I,
1: I think it's, it's absolutely the, the delivery of access to justice to people that otherwise wouldn't get it or would be delayed in getting it and exacerbating their legal issues and legal problems. I, I also think that the direct impact on the economic viability of the rural community is directly tied to this kind of a program because you've got lawyers occupying Main Street, drawing people into town, providing legal services, adds to the tax base, adds to the uh, sales tax revenue base, uh, keeps the money local, lets that money turn over locally. um, And and you're providing careers for 16 up to 32 individuals who have families that help build that community and sustain that rural community. Uh, I just think it's an absolute uh, success story in terms of economic development on a micro level in rural communities that um, has tangible results day in and day out with those lawyers sitting in those uh, offices on Main Street. It's noteworthy that our gubernatorial candidates point to their platform of reviving rural America and and each one of them talking about Project Rural Practice as being a bedrock for how that gets done. So um, we really feel fortunate that it's had the successful run it has had uh, we've got opportunities to make difference um, in, in additional spots to fill up on the next round of Sweet 16, but it's a program that I think is uh, paying huge dividends to the state, to the community, to the bar, um, and what better way to give back than that.
0: That's awesome. Well, um, it, it's you know, congratulations to you, congratulations to the state bar, the foundation, the communities. I mean, I know that a lot of folks... This has uh, also been an issue that's that's received some national attention. The New York Times, uh, the ABA, uh, and many states are are kind of ringing, calling South Dakota and saying, "What are you guys doing on this mm-hmm. access to justice issue on um, with respect to, uh, to to rural areas?" Mm-hmm. And so, again, congratulations. Thank you, Pat. Appreciate your time Thanks. today. And if you have any other questions about Project Rural Practice, you know, feel free to get in, in contact with Pat or or uh, the executive director of the, uh, the State Bar of South Dakota. I'm sure they'd be willing to share their experiences and, and, and all that, that, that has come about uh, based upon their efforts. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back with more topics uh,